Welcome to Versus Player, the podcast about games, life, and everything in between. We're doing an outdoor recording. Well, we're indoors. So. It's inside, outside. It is. It is. This is a live recording coming to you from RTX Sydney 2017. And um, we also attended last night the IGN Select Awards. I'm one of your regular hosts, Jono, and with me is my partners in crime. I'm Joe. I'm Jace. And I'm feeling very uncomfortable being outside of our fancy podcast studio. Yes, the, the kitchen is the kitchen apartment. It's, it's a fancy podcast studio. Is, Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got eggshell crates on the walls. And everything. We've, we've this, basically just found like a little corner in the convention center that nobody's in and we're recording. I must say, this is a pretty fancy corner of the convention center though. It, it is. It's also yeah. empty. It, it is, is empty. Yeah. And we, we actually, we were we feel very privileged. The last night's event was like the first event in the convention center, actually, they said. So it was really cool. Like, it was also the first event for Versus Player. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah so good on us. And we're, we're booked back to back now. We are. We are. It's, it's a tough life. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. Someone's got to do it. Glad it's us. <laughs> so I, I think there's a couple of things we want to talk about from the last two events that we've been to. The biggest thing for me was um, getting to play this, this new game that none of us had any understanding or even knowledge of until we ran oh. into it last night. And it was a, a, a new game that's coming out uh, later in the year called Think of the Children. Yeah. It was but, awesome. Well, my Couch thought, color. It is, yeah. Oh, I was getting definitely getting some like, overcooked vibes when I saw it, which always sort of draws us in. It does. I mean, there were some big games there. Like, uh, there For Honor was being played, and, you know, then they had all the ones that were sort new of being... New Tekken was there the as new well. New Tekken, things like that. But, yeah. I mean, I was, this is this won the show. Halo yeah. Wars too for me, but, yeah, yeah, I agree. Think of the children blew us away. Yeah, and if anyone's listened to Versus Player before, I think you've heard us talk about um, overcooked once or twice. Um, <laughs> and this was, yeah, very much... The next one of those for us, I think. Yeah. So before we get into that, let's have a quick chat about um, some of the awards that were won at the IGN Select Awards last night. So we got got a chance to talk to one of the creators of Think About the Children. Or think of the Children. God, I'll get you got to think about them as well. You have to think about of them, them and about them. But think of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise they die. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk and a bit more about die, the game. You think about them. You do well. Yeah. You do. That could be the sequel. Like, ooh, anyway, yeah, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Joe got to interview um, one of the creators on the floor, so let's cut to that now. So I'm Joe from Versus Player, and I'm here with Pat, one of the creators of Think of the Children. And we got to play this game last night at the IGN Select Awards, and absolutely loved it. Uh, Pat, do you mind letting us know, just telling us what your game's about? Yeah. So uh, Think of the Children's a co-op parenting simulator. Uh, you know, two players get together and they have to look after a couple of children. Just like uh, real parenting, every time you turn your back on them, they just run out in traffic and actively try and kill themselves. So you need to juggle keeping them alive and also completing little odds and ends you need to get done. Well, as a parent myself, it's pretty accurate of a portrayal of parenting. Um, and so the game isn't out yet. Can you let us know when's the game coming out and where can people find it? Yeah, so uh, we just announced it. Um, so you can check us out on our website over at thinkofthechildrengame.com. Um, but there you can get linked to the, uh, the Steam page. Uh, so we'll be releasing around May uh, at you know, $9.99, uh, ready to go. Awesome. And it's definitely a game us at Versus Player love. We're big fans of Couch Co-op, but what we really like about this as well is it's Couch Co-op and online too. Yeah. Um, are there other games um, in, the, in that sort of genre that have influenced you or that you like yourself? Yeah, so uh, uh, the big shout-out has to go to Overcooked. That's oh, yeah. one of our favourite games, oh, yeah. and uh, it really was a, a lot of source of inspiration for this. Also, uh, just playing, you know, Who's Your Daddy? Yeah, that, that kind of helped as well a bit, figuring this one out. Um, yeah. Cool, and it's really awesome. And how was it? We just watched you up on the main stage here at RTX with all the guys, you know, the big draw cards here playing. And how was that moment for you? Uh, it's, it's amazing. You know, I've been watching these guys for years, and so getting them to play my game has just made me fanboy like crazy. But, uh, and apparently I heard that Twitch chat were going off about my beard, so that was good. <laughs> it is an epic beard, and we'll pop a photo up on our website as well. Well, thanks very much, Pat. We can't wait to play the game, and we'll definitely be talking about it more in Versus Player in the future. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Versus Player. So first up, I want to thank uh, Patrick for chatting to us, because I thought that was really awesome of him. Great guy. We got to meet him at the IGN Select Awards um, first. Um, and yeah, it was one of the first games we actually played on the night and we just kept on going back to it yeah. and it was so much fun very simple um, to kind of get your head around once you get the controller in your hand and you know the little prompt comes up showing you exactly what you need to do that's it it's basically three buttons yep yeah and so it's you can drag drag the kids away yep. so I, I suppose to, to explain what it's like because we haven't really explained what it is it's 
you go in there, you've got to protect the children. You've got to, with the LT button on the Xbox control. So it was on a PC. But we yep. press LT, you drag kids away from like the road, pull yep. them out of swimming pools, all that sort of stuff. If you pull RT, you can shout at them. I never did the shout. So what does that do? Does it draw it's, their attention? It scares the crap out of them. They run away in the opposite direction. <laughs> sometimes that works in your so favor. So if you shout while the kids on the street, are they going to run into the street more? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even try the shout. So there's that. But then you've also got to go around. You've got to like um, fix up button. picnic tables. Yep. And then you've got to do the tend to the barbecue on yep. that particular level that we yep. did. And build sandcastles. And something I was doing, which I did completely by accident a few times, and I was trying to figure out how to, and I'm sure once we get our hands on the game when it comes out we're definitely playing a lot of it was I was throwing the children every now and then and when I would throw them they these really little, fly they loved it though these little smiley face like emoticons would appear is above there is there a their, score for whether or not they're happy or not well, they, yeah they, there is they were becoming yeah. they liked being thrown around as as my kids do as kids do they love being thrown around not like this I guess but yeah it was really cool <laughs> it was a fun little um, thing there as well And so at the end of a stage when you've kind of you've got a certain time limit you get like a score based on how many children you've kept alive. And that was, you know, really cool. Yeah. It it's done. It, you even get rated as to which parents the best, better one. That becomes quite competitive. I was playing with Jen yeah. and it was, it was the two of us constantly going at, you know, who was the best parent. <laughs> like it's such a morbid game in terms of, I mean, it's presented in such a bright, fun, yes. happy way. It when looks the kids like Crossy do, Road. It does look like Crossy yeah. Road. Um, and when the kids do go to the other place, like you get little skulls above their head, you know, but it's just, I don't know. You, <laughs> you, 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 I don't know. I can't Wouldn't say, you like, have loved yeah. to have been there when they came up with this, when they pitched this idea? We want to make a game where you're a parent and you've got to keep your kids from killing themselves. Yeah. Like that is genius. Like what a, we, what a warped, awesome idea. When we were talking to Patrick last night, he said it was from one of those game jam yes, sessions. Yes, that's right. That's and, awesome. and they put it together then and they've just been refining it so they can release it on Steam in, in May, I believe. And uh, then they're going to release it on consoles as well. But yeah, it's cool that that came from just a basic concept. Hey, we've got, what is it? Game Jam is eight hours and you've got to create a no, game. 48 hours. 48 hours? Yeah. Okay. And, so, and here you got, we, we, we last podcast speaking about Final Fantasy 15, took 10 years to make. We're probably going to end up playing, spending more time with this over, you know, over a long extended period of time of a game that was essentially built in 48 hours, but then obviously being refined. But it was really cool. Can't wait for it. I'm really looking forward to oh, it. Oh, pumped. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of at the moment um, I've just started playing Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time as well with uh, with the fiance and yeah another game along these lines a bit of fun and you know trying yeah. to beat a rating and what what I liked about this too was that it's not only is it couch co-op but it's you can have players at home and playing online with other friends at the same time that's what I think Overcooked was really missing for us mm. is that was those moments where you know, two of us were together, the other one might not have been where we wanted to jump on. We're going to be able to do that with this, but I think, again, the catch cops where it's going to be at. I'll tell you what's really heartwarming, though. We're here at RTX, and even last night, there are a lot of indie games. Yes. And indie games, once upon a time, you wouldn't see them. This is all no. for AAA, marketing, advertising, but these indie booths are going off, probably more, even more so than some of the other sort of those yeah. AAA booths that are there. Agreed. I mean, besides the Switch line. The yeah, Switch, oh, line, the Switch line is ridiculous. The Switch line is probably longer than the line to get into RTX, but apart from that... Um, yeah. Well, we were hoping to play Switch, but we looked at it and just went, and we'll wait. We're gonna, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, but we got to see the Switch. We did. It's um, quite small. I'm surprised it by is. how small the screen is. Like, it's, you know, we saw the dimensions, but seeing it there right in front of us. I don't think it's a bad small, though. I think, no. it's, I think it's, like, just the right size. Like, having just gone back to my PSP to play Final Fantasy VII, as I've been mentioning the last uh, couple of podcasts, it's... It's funny playing that, and it's, it's not much different to playing on a phone screen. But this is just that little bit bigger, but it's still not really huge. Yeah. Um, I, I'm re- I really like the size. And I really like the colors of the Joy-Cons as well. Like they had the red and there was a blue there yeah. downstairs. Yeah, neon red, that, neon blue. That yeah. looked, that looked, sorry, you, you got the marketing speak down, Jason. Neon red and neon blue. Sorry, oh, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I thought that was really cool. It looked really nice. and Because I was saying... I would prefer the single, what is it? The, the grey, yeah. Is it just called grey? Sad grey, I think Sad grey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sad grey. And um, I, I, after seeing it, yeah, I'd go the red and the blue. The, sorry, the neon red and the neon blue. You want to know something interesting about the neon red, the neon blue? Yeah. If you purchase them separately, the colours are reversed. So the only way to get the ah, blue on the that. left and the red on the right, I think it is. I could have it the other way around. Um, to only get that combination, you have to buy this pack. Otherwise, if you go out and you want to purchase them separately in they're a separate pack, they reverse the colors. 
So you could put the colours. Okay, that's pretty. So you could cool. finally have a console yeah, that has two reds, two reds or two blues. If you want to, if they yeah. sync that way, it's all going to be a lot of lot of things. We're well, there's one left and there's one right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, okay, no, back to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we, were, we were at a, we were at IGN last night. We were at IGN last night, so let's have a chat about um, some of the awards that were put up. Like, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting. It's been a long time since I've watched an award show, and the same three games kept cropping up. There, yeah. I mean, there was one or two others, but the, the three games that kept popping up were Uncharted Four, Overwatch, and. Um, you almost said overcooked, didn't you? I did almost yeah, say overcooked, yeah. <laughs> which unfortunately didn't get any love. Yeah. Which should have. Yeah, and, and Battlefield won. Yeah. Uh, like the only two. That's that, not that surprising, though. No, it's not. But I mean, what the three games outside of that that, that cropped up once or twice were um, Forza got the the editor's award of the year. It did. They also had. Well, they say the most Australian game ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. As it should have, though. It's a brilliant game. It's not oh, the most. I thought the most Australian game ever was Tie the Tasmanian. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. I was about to say Tasmania isn't part of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, that reminds me of Tasmania on the. Do you remember uh, that Tasmania? Was a great game. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With uh, the old Megazord. What was his name? Was um, Taz? Taz. Taz the Tasmanian Tiger. Okay, that yeah. makes sense, yeah. yeah. What are um, we talking about? <laughs> uh, the, the other Forza. games that were mentioned, yeah, yeah, there was Forza. There was also um, Firewatch Count once or twice for like best um, game design and gameplay. I think storytelling as well. I get the vibe that there was a big crew f- um, vouching for Dark Souls 3. They were in the, yeah, the right and corner Doom. and every and it must have been, would have been the, the same. The guys behind us. Well, the crowd, the crowd was going was for Doom, 2K but there was actually... Who? I don't know who it was. Yeah, but there were people there, you're right, yeah, who yeah. were representing Dark Souls yeah. who really wanted to get up on the stage yeah. and get an award. Uh, one of them just kind of ran over at the end and just jumped on stage yeah. anyway. But um, yeah, I think it was it was, it was cool. I, was, I liked the way that they actually ran the award show. Like, you know, they're really good hosts. It was a rowdy crowd, though. It was oh, a wasn't very it? rowdy crowd. It was a very Australian crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, lot of, a lot of noise. But yeah. Um, yeah, and then they had the fan-selected game of the year. They did, and that was... They got it right. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Yeah, it was going to come. So it was Uncharted 4, which, you know, look, when you looked at the selection of games, I think it was a good choice. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I was waiting for Overwatch to get it because Overwatch yeah. seems to be winning every sort of award. Yeah, um, one, uh, what, Game Informer's Game of the Year, they had it, and it's pretty oh, much really? everywhere, yeah. Yeah, IGN okay. had, I think there's IGN um, proper, they had theirs, and they're, they're, yeah, it's been lots of other places. But I, I, I was so glad to see Uncharted get yeah. the love I feel it deserves. Brilliant game. Yeah. When I look at Overwatch, I haven't played it at all. I don't know if you guys both have. Have you? No. Overwatch? Yeah. Have you played yeah. briefly? Yeah, yeah. No, I bought it on PC. I played it pretty steadily for maybe a good week or two. It's a good game. It's easy to pick up and play. I'm not surprised it's winning so many awards. It's just not something I repeatedly would go back to. But it's it's very Blizzard. Yeah, okay. Um, they just There's a style of game that they make, um, and there's a feel that they have, and yeah, it's, it's totally a Blizzard game. Yeah. That's funny. I, I like the look of what they do, but I've never played a Blizzard game. Or at least not for any length of time. So no, you no. Have, you've played a Blizzard game that nobody else has played. What's that? Starcraft Ghost. I actually didn't get to play. Oh, didn't you? No. I thought you got to play it. I got to see it up close, but oh. I didn't get to play it. Oh, well, you, you, you saw more of it than most of us well, anyway. That was in, when you were over in... Um, E3, E3, once upon a time ago. <sighs> yeah. Lucky but, you. No, but that's the thing. Like Blizzard games, I, I like the, the look and they seem to have a, a great following, but I, it almost feels a bit closed off to me in a way. Sorry, I apologise. I have played a Blizzard game. I played World of Warcraft for about an hour. <laughs> That's all you need. That was all I could do. <laughs> and look, nothing against the game. I think I, I, I see the appeal, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah but so that, that was cool last night, the IGN Select Awards, and we had a lot of fun with, with all that. And then today, yeah. RTX Expo. And that line outside, as we mentioned early on, was killer. I've never seen a line like that, not Sydney anyway. No. Glad we could skip that line. I'm oh. so glad we could skip that line. <laughs> yeah. Far out, but then getting in, yeah. Then we saw the switch line, which was again quite ridiculous. And then there's a line for the, um, for the stall in there as well. So there it's been a few lines going on, but pretty yeah. much as soon as you walked yeah, in, the audio was, was sitting down as well. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, so you got to get some signature token to go and get a signature from Hideo Kojima, and um, I just politely chatted to some guy in the line so there was a sign like uh, I asked him about how do you get to get in the line and he told me oh you had to do it already it's all sold out saw a sign there saying you can two, two items can be signed so I said hey have you got two items and he said no I've only got one happily accepted something for me to get signed so yeah did, um, I'm cheering that's up on um, I just gave him the program I was going to did you get his name 
Yeah, Chris, Chris, Christopher. Hey, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks, mate. You're Chris. a champion. Absolute champion. And we saw him outside. He's officially part well. of the versus player mate, family. He's a, he's, he gets big props. This episode is sponsored by Chris. <laughs> uh, or dedicated to Chris, I should say. Yeah, Sorry, okay, more yeah. to the point. Um, and yeah, that was really cool. I, I, I was thinking of what I'd get signed and I thought, well, that program, I saw it online last night. Nice picture of him. I'm going to frame that. Yep. Put it up in our future versus player office. Um, Move the picture of your wife to the side. In the versus player office. Yeah. Oh, there's no pictures of your wife in the versus player office. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> that was to you, Hideo. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but anyway. Good luck heading home tonight. <laughs> yeah, she listens to all the podcasts all the time. It's all, she's probably listening right now. Um, no, but that was really cool. And, you know, now, now i just got to try and get Greg Miller's signature and have a chat with him. And this whole weekend is just complete. But anyway, we're going to go You up saw Greg Miller, though. We saw Greg Miller. They're we doing did. a couple of Let's Plays. They actually did. Think of the children on yeah, stage. They did. And, they did. Um, that was awesome. They got a really good reception from the crowd. They did a couple of other games, um, some that we saw last night. Um, what was that Cube game that we saw today? Uh, Death Cubed, I think. Death yeah. Cubed. Something like that. Yeah. Something like it that looked show. good. Yeah, yeah John and I had a bit of a go. We struggled. We um, did. We, we, it was more Death than Cubed for us. Uh, unfortunately um, so, yes. But um, that, that seemed like a cool game. Um, and Yeah, but it was cool seeing Greg on stage with a whole group of... People from RTX that I'm not really familiar with, but um, yeah, it was that was awesome seeing that. And then tomorrow I'm going to go and see him record his podcast too, so it's going to be good. But yeah, we walked around the show floor. We like anything else around here, guys? Um, there was a game that we played oh, that you guys got to play last night. I didn't get a chance to play, and I saw it's on the show floor today. Oh, yes. Called um, what was it called Dungeon League? Yeah, and I'm really intrigued to get a go at that. Another couch cop style game, but yeah, yeah, I couldn't really follow what was happening initially when we were. F- like when we're playing for the first time, you attack yeah. each other, but you also have like capture the flag, and then you have like king of yeah, the hill. Different and game modes there are different game modes, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And then you level up your characters as you go. Oh, and I see. You do level them up. You do okay. level them up. Yeah, cool. and um, like a lot of the attacks and things like that are timed, so you've got to wait for cooldowns and things like that. I was just mashing buttons, hoping that I'd be able to take yeah. people out. Um, it looks good. It feels good. Yeah, I like the art style. I liked, and I, I really like what you said there about the fact that you can level up between rounds. So yeah. you can play that game using the different characters and using different abilities. Yeah. Um, and just get a different kind of experience each time and yeah, just muck around with that. I think that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want a sci fi version. Give me some sci fi love, people. Sci fi. You're right, though. There's lots of like dungeon y sorts of there things. There is, and they're actually really cool. It's, it's yeah. the first time that I've really felt intrigued to play a lot of those, that style of game because yeah. they're just. They're so well-designed, well-thought-out, and I think that's what I'm loving about the indie scene right now is they're thinking about what they'd love most out of a game. But yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, up next, we're going to actually go and hear Hideo Kojima speak. Then hosted by Greg Miller, so this is like this is it. This is, this is the event to go and see. Awesome. So, well, we should probably get to it. Yep. All right, let's head off. As always, thanks for listening to Versus Player. You can find us on our website, versusplayer.com. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes and Pocket Cast as well as Stitcher. And um, our Instagram feed, just search for Versus Player. And you can see my nice signature there as well. and Print it out and pretend you have your own. <laughs> exactly. But until next time, where we'll return to our regular scheduled format. See you soon. Bye. See you. Player. Welcome to the Versus Player car cast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the car cast. Where, um, that doesn't sound right, actually. That was probably not a... Anyway. Um, we're, we're driving back from RTX. Yes. Yep, day one. Good. Yep. We just finished seeing uh, Hydeo. Yep. And we went back to our friends at Surprise Attack Games. We did. We did. Uh, I snuck into the Switch booth. <laughs> That's right, you did. Um, and, yeah. That was the only way to do it, honestly, to sneak in. Well, we all left, you know, the Hydeo interview slash thing, whatever it was. Um, early to think maybe we could sneak into the, the switch line because everyone was there it looked like there was thousands of people it seemed like watching the Hideo um, interview but there was a lot of other people that had the same idea as us yep. and so we gave up on that one until Jay snuck in when we weren't looking and uh, yeah yeah no I was just going to say I sort of I'd say I, was, I spent some time playing arms I didn't actually play it I kind of watched other people play it but I, I got the gist of it what do you think um, it looks pretty cool, actually. I didn't realise... I mean, it makes sense now, but I didn't realise you would need two remotes each. And I didn't actually realise that the... Um, it appears as though the Switch allows you to connect up to four controllers at once, maybe more. I just imagine it would only ever allow you to connect, like, left and right. But it makes sense, because you can go and buy these sort of little, um, like, moulds or adapters 
that let you put in the two Joy-Cons. Yeah. So you'd think that you'd be able to have... So really, it's two controllers, but actually, it's four. You know what yeah. I mean? And those adapters, I think, might have a battery pack in them too. Um, the uh, the one that comes in the box definitely doesn't, but you can buy one that actually has it in there. Okay. Um, but it looks really, really cool. I like the size of it. Um, I didn't think that, you know... Again, I didn't think that it would be, um, be that small, but I guess it kind of makes sense. And... It seems like a lot of the time, especially for the one-two Switch games, you don't really need to be looking at the screen. No. Like, a lot of the time that you're watching these people play, like, uh, whatever that cowboy thing was where you're sort of drawing a shoot, it seems to be all based on the rumble. Yeah, it does. Um, I watched two people play a game where they were milking a cow, and they weren't <laughs> looking at a screen. They could, just, funny. they could just feel it. So, yeah, no, it looks, it looks really, really cool. But, but going back to ARMS, so you're saying that that's going to be a very expensive game if you want to play multiplayer. Because you essentially, you're going to have to buy... Not only the game, which is a full retail-priced game, but then you're going to have to get the two extra Joy-Cons. Yep. And what are they retailing for? I have no idea, but my guess is probably with me, I'll let you know. 60 or $70 mark. I think it was more. Okay. From memory. I, I could be wrong, but I, yeah, it's at least that. So that's that's a very high price of admission, you know, to get that going on. I mean, incidentally, you don't have to verse the other person. Um, and, I mean, now that I think about it, they had two screens set up, so maybe you can't connect another two Joy-Cons to it? I really don't know. I should find out. Because they were versing one another, and it reminded me of a little bit of, like, um, Virtual On and stuff like that yeah. when they're versing each other. But, I mean, that clearly would have been two... Um, that would have been two switches, I think. Yeah, but Wii Boxing... That, the fun of Wii Boxing was when you were playing against somebody else, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Was Wii, Bo- Wii Boxing was a multiplayer one, right? Yeah, was it was. That, yeah, that yeah. was that yeah. one. Yeah, cool. We also got our press kit. Our first press kit. It's a press kit. That was very exciting. So a goal for us at Versus Player was to always basically get a free game. And we got a whole bunch of games for free. We did. We got yes. more than one. We, we smashed it out of the park. And we, we are pumped. Like that was, yeah, that was really cool. So who are we thanking? We're thanking uh, Patrick. We're thanking Chris. Yep. We're thanking Surprise Attack Games. Yep. Um, it's an awesome thing for them to do. Gave us a whole bunch of Steam codes for some of their existing games. Um, yeah, no, 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 it was, it was a really, really cool moment for us. I mean, we're like, a, you know, an indie or a, a small-time sort of podcast initially, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, these guys have been around and made quite a few games, but they're very much in the indie scene. And it just sort of feels very right as an initial fit to, you know, be given the opportunity to play some of their games and be given some of their games in this, in this kit. Um, and, you know, yeah. It completely in a way that was like them to us rather than us to them and like I went back with a friend Ben to have a go and think of the children and you know spoke spoke with them again and yeah that was really cool I look forward to giving them all a go yeah totally I feel like we were sort of fanboying fangirling a little bit we kept going back to them um, <laughs> but I think a lot of the time you know it was in hopes of, of getting to spend a little bit more time in the game and maybe actually getting one of these kits yeah. um briefly had that discussion with them at the IGN event last night so I thought it was a really really cool thing for them to do agreed uh, we're just trying to figure out where we need to go um, the wrong way no no nah, you're not That's, there's another exit alright we'll good. figure it out um, but yeah it was a really cool moment for us to walk away I could see the excitement on your face Joe and oh, yeah. like as we got around the corner I've never probably seen you that happy about anything uh, I think you can go in this yes. lane yeah sorry about that people no it's all good <laughs> we're just trying to figure out how to get there the joys of a car cast it is the joys of a car cast. Yeah, but that was really cool. I was, yeah, very giddy. Okay, so this isn't the right way. Uh, but but go, you can go left anyway. Yeah, go left here and I'll And then we'll figure it out. Do you know where you're going, Jono? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The guy that doesn't drive knows where he's going. Oh, welcome, okay. welcome to car cast. Yeah, welcome to car cast. Welcome to car cast indeed. Currently, we're on our way to St. Leonard's. We are. From the city. And we're heading into Crow's Nest. Exciting stuff. It is. It's very exciting. No, but overall, as a show... I think, for us, that was really cool. Like, as for us as versus player, it was it was a great. You know, if you're into rooster teeth, I can totally see how two days of that is everything you could ask for. Like all the panels, getting to walk the show floor, seeing the you know they've got the signings, but the guys seem to be walking around themselves as well and doing kind of impromptu photos and things, and you know very very gracious with their time. But, you know, we're not huge fans ourselves of all those different things there. I'm a big... I, I love kind of funny myself. 
we're, we're you know love red versus blue yep. but um, I think for us yeah it was that was awesome you know I, d- I did enjoy the um, while we didn't stay for the whole interview because it was standing room so there was no seats uh, they didn't have a seating situation for, for Hardio um, the thing I did like is I hadn't actually seen his death standing Stranding. Uh, Stranding, sorry. I knew I was going to screw that up. Um, videos. So seeing the two back to back and then hearing them talk about it briefly um, for the bits that we stayed through was really interesting. It's um, it's got an interesting premise. And the fact that the, the videos are actually meant to be from the gameplay engine was yeah, interesting and, as well. Yeah, and we put it up on Instagram. As part of the um, interview, he said that it's going to be an open world game. Um I haven't, I haven't heard that before. I have not I, I'm heard not, that No, neither have I. I mean, no. you, would, you would assume it would be, but it's hard to say because Metal Gear 5 feels like, you know, it was very much Hideo's characters, but I don't know how much input he actually had in the end product of the game. Yeah. I know it was a Hideo Kojima game. I get that. But it, did, it, did it say that it was a Hideo Kojima game? And I can't remember ever seeing that when I was playing it. I I'm totally think... kidding. Every time he started a mission, it will come up with a Hideo Kojima game. But Dude, anyway. I didn't even remember that. Are, yeah. you, are you serious? Man, I don't remember that Every single time in the game. Well, it was like presenting was... it like it was an episode, right? Yeah, and every episode really? was a Hideo uh, Kojima turn, game. Turn right up here. Right up here. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> I think that was to be expected in some ways, but... <clears throat> I, I had not heard that it was going to be an open world game. No, um, neither right. That might have been a versus player scoop. Who knows? That first on it. But anyway, um, looking forward to hearing more about it. Uh, there were pretty some pretty funny questions and really cryptic answers as well. Yes. Um, we talked a lot about expect. sticks and ropes and yeah, you know. pushing people with sticks and that's to get them away from you. And then the next the next thing that was invented was a rope and that was to pull you towards about connections. You made a good joke there, Jace, about him wanting to make Facebook the game. Oh, right. And talking about, like, uh, all the social stuff. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise if there was some sort of social media integration. The guy loves his tech and he's, you know, uh, goes straight here. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I still don't know anything about it. Greg did his best to be able to, you know, get as much information out of him as he could. I don't know if a lot of Greg's humour translated back to Heidi. Um, Yeah, straight all the way and then left. Um... Yeah, no, it was it was it was interesting. I mean, we could have stuck around for the whole thing, but truth be told, I think we probably got about as much information as we got from it. Yeah, um, which is you know nothing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah left. Cool. Yeah, and the fact that it's all in engine, yeah, um, is is reassuring. I I, I was hoping that so. Surprise me yeah, that I was because so. like you know he's sort of on the bleeding bleeding edge of this sort of tech, and I mean, um, a straight. Um, what do you call it? Metal Gear Four looked amazing. Yeah, it did. Um, very, very cinematic, and this this has the same thing. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if um, if you know people like Del Toro and stuff don't appear in the game. It might just be for setting the scene or the mood. Yeah. But I mean, he has a relationship with him through playable trailer. Yeah. And he yeah. has a relationship with Northern Re- uh, Norman Reedus through playable trailer as well. So. How oh, was he in that? Was he? He was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was the main character yeah. in it. Um, they were going to make something out of it. I think inevitably. It wasn't going to be a Silent Hill. Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's a good cast. Uh, Mad Mickelson's a creepy looking dude. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's clear in this case that he's a villain. Have you ever seen Rogue One, have you? I haven't. Because Is he in it? He is. He, uh, and he's awesome in it. Yeah, and he's far from creepy. Did anybody know that he was going to be in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, I also liked... Do you notice like, a lot of the, the tech for like the, the things going on in the background was a real mix of um, like high tech and then old school stuff like there were World War 2 style fighters flying in the background while there were modern tanks and weapons being used by yeah, like the, the, the death looking soldiers it looks like and the weird rainbows that were upside down yeah it looks like maybe just yeah I, I mean I have no idea what it's about no but, you know maybe we'll save that we've, uh, we've arrived at our destination we have thanks for dropping me off thank you for listening to the first ever car cops um, <laughs> not the last I'm sure not the last and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later cool. see you bye bye and we're back it's versus player here uh, for the RTX Sydney 2017 experience Jonathan and Joe can't be with us for this evening so you're here now with Jace and Jen Uh, and we're going to basically talk about uh, what we experienced today at RTX we were at RTX yesterday Jen unfortunately couldn't come with us uh, but she did get to see um, see a few things today we went out onto the floor what do you think Oh, it was very cool. Um, I didn't really get to see the full thing yesterday, but today I went in uh, with Jason in the afternoon and we had a look at the full uh, 
the full theater with all the gamings and the stores that were set up. And then we went to a couple of the panels in the after in the afternoon. Um, and that was really cool. What was one of the panels we went to? We went to one with Hideo Kojima and Josh Boggs, was it? Joshua Boggs, yeah, who makes, um, who made Framed, this indie game that's very popular. And, uh, and the other one that we went to was, uh, for Greg Miller. Yeah. It was their live recording of the kind of um, funny, kind of funny game cast, which was pretty cool as well. Um, the, the Hideo Kojima one was basically a panel about, indie games development and AAA game development um, and sort of the contrast between the two, I guess. Yeah. Um, you had one one developer, which was basically Japanese royalty, mm-hmm. um, or gaming royalty anyway, um, and you had Joshua Boggs. And th- the link between those two was that um, Hideo Kojima basically said that the Joshua Boggs game framed was his uh, 2014 game of the year. Yeah. And he doesn't normally play play mobile games. No, he doesn't. And apparently it's the only game he's ever played and ever existed on his mobile, which is pretty cool. It's the a, only like the only mobile game that he yes, played. Yeah. Yes, the only mobile game. And uh, apparently the first time that he played it, he played it for three hours straight. Yeah. Um, which is a huge compliment, I'm sure, to um to Joshua Boggs. And uh and I've never play that game so now i'm super curious i've been researching on, about it i don't know if it's on android i think it might be just an ios thing they did they did have a like a uh like panel or setup or whatever to play the game like a little oh. booth the booth as well okay. that a little booth to play the game right. but i don't know if joshua was standing around doing it or not um it's pretty mm. interesting to see it's the second time i've seen Hideo kojima interviewed that's live mm. the first time was yesterday and they've got his translator up on stage yeah justin um but it's 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 just an interesting thing to watch because you've obviously got that delay while Justin is translating what's going on. It's yep. clear that Hideo Kojima actually understands a little, uh, a little bit. bit of what's going yeah, on as well. He definitely um, but does. everyone sort of waits patiently while it's happening. Mm. Hideo Kojima understands the pacing, so he delivers a little bit of the information, indicates to Josh it's time to talk. Yeah. And, and so even though Josh is sort of responsible for what Hideo is saying, it's still pretty clear that Hideo is still in control of the interview, yes. which, is, which is tough when there's a language barrier. Yes, definitely. I think it's always tough. And I've never really seen um, a sort of a live stage, uh, live translation going on, I guess, in an interview sense. And and I thought the flow of it was very, very smooth um, between the translation and, and yeah, the English to, to Japanese. Um, and it wasn't awkward or anything. And, um, yeah, it was done very, very well. Those two, Justin and, um, and Hideo Kojima, obviously has a very – Good rapport working together for yeah. Joe's going to go into it a little bit on our next uh, on our next podcast, um, but there's a, there's a bit of a cool story about the link between those two because initially it's not apparent until the end. There's a pretty good payoff in that in that whole little interview. Okay, it's not just about games development stuff, but that that payoff at the end. Yeah, where you find out the link between Josh and Hideo and and yeah and and sort of where that comes from is is quite cool. So we'll leave that until next time. Um, the other the other thing that we went and saw was was Greg Miller. Yes. I haven't really followed Greg Miller all that much. I did um, listen to him early on for Podcast Beyond in his IGN days. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously created his own uh, his own sort of thing now with yep. Kind of Funny. Yeah. Um, but it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was very entertaining, extremely funny. And uh, I, I, did, I must admit I don't really know Greg Miller very much um, before today, but it, he has a – uh, a truckload of fans and it's quite obvious why he does a uh, very charismatic man um good intro yeah fantastic just, intro. Just, just to give people a little bit of a taste he basically came in um i guess pretending to be a, a wrestler yep um and uh what was enter the sandman yeah metallica, was playing, metallica yep. was playing mm-hmm. and he got people to all sort of come together in the aisles of the uh of the auditorium yep and he was sort of slamming beers as he was walking down there and crushing them on his head yep. and, and he had these like ridiculous american usa parachute pants that looked like something mc hammer might wear yep um and it was just the whole thing pretty much seemed like it was ad libbed like yep. they said it was and and, and i believe it mm. um but it was just it, it went on for about 30 minutes longer than they were originally scheduled for. Yep. They milked every minute of it. Fans love these guys. Yeah. You really felt like you were at like a rock concert or something yeah, without so, the music at least. So uh, it was Greg Miller along with Tim Geddes, who's also from Kind of Funny, um, yep. one of the co- Co-hosts, yeah. Yeah, co-hosts. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tim was very good as well. He's a great storyteller. Um, yeah, both of them were extremely charismatic and uh, – 
had great stories to tell, and, and they seemed to love Australia, which is very cool. <laughs> it was. It was really, really awesome. Um, we'll probably, again, touch on it in another podcast, but we'll talk a little bit more about what was happening on the floor. So you said before that you had a pretty good time mm-hmm. sort of running around the floor today. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, well, for me, I've never really been to a, a gaming sort of convention, and, and today was my real first taste. Um, and I love the fact that everybody was just out and about, lots of cosplay, um, cosplay people around and, um, you know, dressed up in extremely. I didn't know what half the people were dressed up as, to be honest. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like as a, an, I won't say I'm, I guess I'm an older gamer, you know, I'm 30 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm a little bit out of touch with this sort of thing. Like, I mean, you grew up again with the same sort of games that I was playing, you know, yep. you're in the, the Nintendo yeah. Um, Sega sort of era. Mm. And a lot of the games that you would have played as a young kid were, were you know, games like Mario. Yep. Um, and I feel like, I feel like it was just sort of gaming was a hobby. It wasn't something that you really discussed openly with other people. Mm. Um, it kind of had a social stigma against it. And if you found somebody else who played video games, that were your best friend. Mm. Um, yeah. But now it's just... I guess I think RTX's slogan is something like where internet meets gaming or something like that. And it's absolutely what, what the state of the place was. Yeah. Um, very much now people are associating themselves more with YouTube channels and podcasters and, you know, people like Funhouse and um, yep. uh, like Kind of Funny and yep. Rooster Teeth and all that sort of stuff. And I think, I mean, the, the, the extent of Rooster Teeth for me was something called Red vs. Blue. And you wouldn't know, Jen, but Red vs. Blue was just a like it was a Halo themed okay. um, kind of skit show that they created where they where they sort of had these um, like they they dubbed over these Halo characters, right. so they were playing the game. It was very crude initially, but okay. it was really funny. It was really really popular, and now they've grown into this big thing. Yeah, and I don't know what half this stuff is. Um, and I mean, like there was a, a massive following for an anime called uh, uh, Red, Blue, th- Yellow, or something. I yeah, can't... it's called Ruby. I, I did look this up earlier, and uh, it's called Ruby. So R W B Y, which stands for Red, Black, uh, Red, yeah. White, Black, Yellow, yeah. and it's quite a popular did anime. Did create it? Is that? Yeah, they did. Um, and it's it's it, it has a lot of great reviews, and you know, uh, apparently a, a great storyline. I'm, I'm fascinated by it, but. Um, a lot of the voice are actually done by the um, the creators of uh, Rooster Teeth. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. See, I had no idea. Like, I knew it was a massive thing and, like, clearly a lot of the cosplay was inspired by it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just I have no idea what it is. Yeah, neither do I. But, I mean, they have a huge following. Um, you know, they, they came out of uh, Austin, Texas, and... Uh, and they've been doing um, RTX uh, for a number of years now in, in in Austin, and this is the first, sorry, the second time they've done it um, in Australia. So they've obviously gained a huge following um, in Australia, and that's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't go to that many of these sort of like convention setups, and like in my mind, sort of the big video game events, especially in the states, so things like E3, which you can't really get into unless you press, um, or you know, Comic Con. Mm. And we don't really have any, like the only other things that we have here is EB Expo, um, Supernova, which I I went to Supernova years and years ago, but now apparently it's a pretty massive thing. Mm -hmm. So I've never seen crowds like this. Day one on Saturday, I I swear there were two, 3,000 people. I mean, I'm terrible at gauging these sorts of numbers, but it really felt like there were just that many people there. Yeah. Um, And I mean, today was probably a little bit quieter or lesser extent, but yeah, no, it was was a very, very cool event. Mm. Is there anything that... um, when you walked in there that you really didn't make any sense to you or you didn't understand or was there like, you know, I mean, when we first walked in there, for example, mm-hmm. there were there were crowds around the Nintendo Switch booth. Yeah. And just to, to set the scene for everybody, the Nintendo Switch booth had um, was, was a combination of different things. It had arms, it had a section for Zelda, but then there was sort of these uh, rooms with like glass plastic panels mm-hmm. that were advertising the different games of 1-2 Switch. And so for one, two switch, one of the games was eating a sandwich. Another game was like a milking the cow, milking a cow. There was another one where you're <laughs> yep. a samurai and yep. there was another one where you're a cowboy. And so they dress people up, they put them in the room. You'll be able to see it on versusplayer.com. It'll have the, the pictures up there. They're in a room and people get to watch them from mm. the outside. And I mean, this has been going since Saturday and I, every now and then I'll walk up to a room and you'll see two people sort of laughing to themselves, wearing a silly cowboy hat or dressed up in, like, a, a farmer's outfit or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it worked really well. But today when we went in, there was a big crowd around one of the booths. 
And I thought, oh, this is a bit unusual. They had the RTX Guardians, which are these uh, volunteers dressed in these bright orange shirts, surrounded by, um, yeah, just sort of surrounded by cameras. Yep. And, and in the booth was, was Greg Miller. Yep. And, and, I mean, and Tim. And Tim as well. Yep. Tim was in there, you're right. And I mean, I'd, I'd been sort of explaining to you kind of who Greg Miller was. And mm. he was he was sort of the big draw card, especially for Joe. But yep. he was the big draw card um, apart from Hideo. Yep. I mean, again, the guys, Funhouse, they brought in heaps of people and so did um, and so did Brewster Teeth themselves. Yeah. But Greg Miller was, was a pretty big deal. And so there were people around there taking photos and I said, oh, that's Greg Miller. Mm. Um, and that was that was sort of the first time that you'd, that you'd run into him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really love that Nintendo Switch had, you know, put up that sort of area for the gaming. Um, it was definitely the most impressive booth. Yeah. And they were drawing a huge crowd. I mean, there was a queue... Of I'd say you know seventy eighty people lining up just to play some of their games and Jason and I can't wait to play the games either because um, we've been researching quite a lot about the Switch and uh, we're excited to see the actual thing to feel it to see what it's the not games as big as like. I thought it would be no it's smaller than we we thought it we thought it would be but that's that's cool I think that's part of the appeal. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Like, they, they set it up in such a way. I mean, this was a pretty big booth that they had set up. So, you see sort of people sitting there. And it, it almost looks like it's one of those, like, larger, like, note or, like, XL phones that you have yeah. in, a, in a case. And Kinda then they've like got a, these two. Like a mini mini iPad sort of. I guess, yeah. But size. a mini iPad's bigger than this thing. So, Probably, like. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I again, like, you know, looking up the specs, I think it's like a 6.5 or 6.6 inch screen. I, I could be completely wrong on that. But it doesn't look that large although i did see two people playing mario kart um and they were playing it quite comfortably this is without it being connected to the to the docking station um but yeah i mean like jen and i are looking forward to it it probably took me a couple of days after the initial announcement for me to go and pre-order it um and you know for our australian listeners you know that 479 is a pretty big asking price um for the americans and, and everybody else who's listening to it well your price point is probably a little bit cheaper um, comparatively, but it's, yeah, those accessories and all those things are, are mm. pretty expensive. 119 bucks, for example, for, um, you know, two extra controllers is, I think, a big ask. Mm. Uh, $60 or $80 or whatever they're charging for one, two switch, which should be a game that's bundled in the box. Um, again, a big ask. So I guess for me today, when I was looking at it and in a way, when I kept showing you the switch and showing mm. you pictures of it and pointing at what it looked like in the cubicles and showing you people playing it, I was trying to validate our purchase. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it is, it is a, I think, an expect for $4.79 yeah. for a gaming console is not unheard of, but for a portable is, is pretty hefty. Yeah. And, and I guess one of the questions that I asked you today was, you know, does it actually come preloaded with games? And I mean, I don't really know how it works normally, but you would think that they would want to put in a few of their you know, classic games or whatever it might be or when they designed the Switch in mind. Like what you're saying is like, I mean, for example, when the Wii came out, it had Wii Sports. Mm. Wii Sports is the number one selling game of all time, but that's because it's, you know, it's sold with the, the actual right. Wii console itself. But Wii Sports is very much what sold people on the Wii hardware. They can play tennis and bowling. Yes. And when people think of a Wii, honestly, they think of that game. Yep. Um, so you would think that they would, one, two, Switch seems to be the that, mm. that sort of game. Mm-hmm. You would think that they would bundle it. Apparently, they're not. I'm mm. sure that after a period of time, we'll see that happen. Yep. But you're right. Like, they should bundle a, um, an old Mario. What's that going to cost them? Nothing. Yeah. They made it. Like, they've got such a, a you know, a classic back catalogue of, of games. Mm. And they're not they're not including anything with it. Yeah. It seems a bit, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just surprised by that. I don't really know how, how that normally works. But I, I just wanted to know if it actually came with games so you can start playing straight away or you need it to wait and see what games came out, if it comes out at the same time as the Switch and all that. I, I haven't done, you know. You saw it today, though. You saw people playing it. You saw arms. Mm. People look like they were having a good time. Yeah, definitely. Um, does it validate the purchase for you? Do you feel any better about it? Does it not change anything? Um, I think it validates it, um, if anything, just because – I. People were having a great time playing it, and, and I can imagine, you know, us playing it. And if but how many of, times are we going to milk a cow? Oh, at least ten times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to eat that imaginary sub, you know, and see how quickly I can eat that. <laughs> What's your favorite game? A game where you eat an imaginary sub? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I can't 
I can't wait to to actually try it out for ourselves. And so you still think it's worth buying? Yes, definitely. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Was there anything else sort of going on? I mean, I took you for a little bit of a walk around to see some of the booze and mm. um, as you would have heard earlier in this podcast, um, you know, we walked past Patrick again showing uh, Think of the Children and things like that. Yes. You, you briefly, you saw that uh, that game that I, um, I think it's uh, Death Squared? Yeah. Death Cube. Is it Death Squared? Death Cube? Death Squared. It is Death Squared. Yeah. That looks like another pretty good party game, party indie game that, that'll, be, that'll be coming out yeah. in the same vein of like... Uh, there's a game that you, you and I haven't played yet. It's called Gang Beasts, but mm-hmm. it's it's basically a four-player and you sort of verse each other and, yeah. and help each other out and things like that. Okay. Um, but that game looks pretty cool. It's It seems to be you're all a coloured cube mm-hmm. and you've got to basically work together to be able to solve a particular puzzle. Right. And if one person moves before the other in certain circumstances, one cube will be destroyed. Right. And so okay. there's a lot... I imagine that there's going to be a lot of sitting around the couch going, all right, everybody stop on the count of three, move one, two, three. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard with four people getting the timing right. It's even harder if people have had something to drink. Yeah. Um, and it very much seems to promote that party game kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of the games that we've got to try out on um, on at the IGN uh, Select Awards on Friday night was um, one of them was Think of the Children, which... I really enjoyed playing. Reminded me a little bit, a little bit of Overcooked. Yeah, um, that's fair. And it was just fun. Um, you can play it with anybody, a stranger or a friend, and and see how how that changes the dynamic of the game. I think, which which I really enjoyed. It's funny. It's it's been mentioned a fair bit already as part of this IGN RTX weekend. Um, and you know, people are going to start thinking that we're sponsored by them or something. But but honestly, like out of the whole collection of games that were available at IGN initially to look at, and, I mean, incidentally, a lot of them are, are games that are, you know, we're going to receive a, uh, an award. Mm. Um, I just, I haven't really been to many events where where games stand out as well as, as the ones that, that Surprise Attack were offering. And, I mean, it, it may just, you know, have a lot to do with the fact that we like playing these co-op games and we yeah. like, and that's, this is just sort of a thing that we're going through at the moment. We have people over and we sit down and we play them. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you and I have a lot of friends who just don't play games. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got stuff like the Jackbox party pack going yep. on where everyone can pull out their phones and play. Yep. Instantly everyone knows how to play that. Um, Overcooked isn't that hard to explain to people. Yep. Um, again, they can pick it up and play it. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you and, uh, and, and uh, Jonathan's, fiance Jono's fiance were playing um towerfall ascension yeah you know she picked it up pretty much straight away yeah um everyone you know Jono and joe are seasoned gamers but you know you mm. held your own and you, you you won a couple of matches here and there yeah um so it's yeah these are very much the sort of games that, that draw us in and mm. it draws us all in as a group it's not just you and i you know Jono and joe were very much drawn to it and the the two friends that we had with us were the same yep um so yeah definitely looking forward to that one mm. same so speaking of um, the IGN Select Awards that happened on Friday night, which I thought was very cool, and uh, you know, was that that was your first sort of actual gaming event thing that you've been to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, and it was cool, and I really enjoyed it. Um, got to play some games, try out some games, and uh, see what all the fuss is about. Um, but one of the things that happened, obviously, is is the actual awards ceremony, yep. and I was just wondering, you know, what. Jace, what your thoughts are of the awards that were given? You know, Game of the Year went to Uncharted 4. What did you think about that? Um, I don't know. Like, Joe will say that Uncharted 4 was absolutely the right choice. Yeah. It's, it's been a pretty big year for games in 2016. And yeah. The, all, the, all the awards were actually chosen by the people. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you saw the same frontrunners again and again. It was Overwatch, which took away most of the awards, and it was Uncharted, which took away most of the awards. And that's, yeah. that's always going to happen. Um, I very much... Um, I, don't, I don't find myself watching Game Awards shows. I don't find myself going to Game Awards in, in general. I mean, there are very few that are ever held in, in Australia and Sydney anyway. Yeah. But even when the Game Awards come around and when, you know, when all of that happens, I, I find myself less likely to... Um, to really listen to them because a lot of the the little guys and a lot of the, um, I hate using this word, but real gems of the year kind of fade into obscurity when you've got the big dogs like Overwatch and things like that coming out. Mm. Um, I mean, Game Informer did a fantastic write-up on you know what they thought 
their game of the year was. But I mean, I was yep. surprised at like, you know, games like Stardew Valley, which sold, as far as I'm aware, you know, a million copies or more. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's going across, you know, all these other platforms. It's going to be appearing on the Switch soon. I mean, that didn't sort of pop up or get a mention. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the guys that I, that I listen to regularly, Giant Bomb, they did, they did sort of a pretty good breakdown of, um, of, you know, what their game of the year was and they really explained why it was the way that it was. Yeah. But there's just a lot of games that didn't really pop up. Mm. And even though we were walking around the floor and there were really cool games like Super Hot um, mm-hmm. and things like that, they didn't really pop up a whole lot during the during the Game Awards either. No. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, last time I was at one of these things, I think it was, what, Grand Theft Auto V took the cake. And Grand Theft Auto V is a great game. It deserves a lot of praise. It deserves a lot of awards. But it just, yeah. Yeah. When when the people get to make a decision, um, it's very rare that that they're going to band together and and bat for for one of the little guys that did yeah. a really really great and job. I, and I think that's you know something that's very common and totally natural. Obviously, the the games that came up um, again and again as nominees, like Overwatch and Uncharted Four, and um, can't even remember some of the other ones. Doom, now. Doom got a mention. Here. Yeah, but Doom I mean, and Dark for example, Souls. Dark Souls three got a mention once. Dark Souls three is, I think it was a, like a style award or something mm. like that. But but Dark Souls three got a mention once, and there was there was clearly a big group of people batting for. Yeah, like, they, they must have been publishers or something like that. Yeah, um, it wouldn't have been from software the people that make it, but you know, a, a redistributor. Mm. Um, were really batting for it. Yeah. And, I mean, Dark Souls 3 deserves a lot of praise. It was a really, really great game. Mm. A lot of people love Dark Souls. They're really invested in it. But, again, it, it really f- targets those niche gamers. Yeah. And, I mean, just as it is with, you know, when you're watching the the Emmys and the Oscars and all that sort of stuff, it's it's always going to be those big, massive movies that yes. have, you know, star-studded casts that are going to take away the big awards. Yeah. Um, the same the same as to be said of games. Mm. Um, I, I, I think Uncharted 4 deserves what it got it knows it does as well mm-hmm. um it was i mean pr- when people knew it was coming out they're like oh this is going to be great yeah there's no doubt about it it's safe it's a safe bet uh but yeah yeah no i I'm, i mean the event was pretty cool it was just good it was good to see the ign guys up on stage mm. um lucy always does a really good job and yeah yep. yeah no I, I thought it was a pretty cool event mm. um yeah but we'll probably wrap it up for here yep. um again it's been a very fragmented uh fragmented uh, podcast over the last couple of days uh, you would have heard from Jono and Joe us talking with uh, with Pat from Surprise Attack uh, uh, a decent attempt at the car cast um, which I just decided to pull out the um, I, didn't, I don't know if I told you about this but I decided to pull out the recording device and record us in the car right. leading on the way to, to Joe dropping me off home okay. um, just to talk about what we'd seen and stuff like that yep. um, yeah uh, but yeah as always, uh, you can find us at versusplayer.com. You can hear our podcast on uh, iTunes. You can hear our podcast on Pocket Casts, mm-hmm. which is a great Android app. If you haven't downloaded it, give it a go. Um, Google Play soon enough once it hits Australia. Uh, and, of course, uh, the website said, on our website. Yeah. Uh, I'm always meant to mention this, but if you ever want to write into us, write into podcast or podcasts, whichever you choose, at versusplayer.com. Uh, and uh, from Jace... Have a great evening. Yeah, thank you for listening.